All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all are not this is ready. Uh, black. But y'all better get ready. Table. Table. Read. Uh. Yeah. Let's go. Black Table Read. We the team to get you focused. We the hottest. We the baddest. We the boldest. Turn up the volume. It's your people. Yeah, you know this. Young black artists in the fold. Yeah, we own it. Yeah. is Black Table Read. This is your girl Lydia Iku coming at you <laughs> coming at you on this wonderful Tuesday. Ah, Tuesdays. They always get me so excited. <laughs> Every time I hear Tuesday now, I think about Black Table Read, but I also think <laughs> I I can just hear LeBron somewhere saying Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, literally. Like, I haven't I haven't had I tried to I tried to place a couple weeks ago. Uh, bar taco. I went there Saturday. Oh my gosh, y'all! If you ever get a chance to come to Atlanta, or if you are already in Atlanta, get your butt to Bar Taco. It is like it's pretty dope. It's pretty it's, nice. It's oh, they have. It's like I think um, maybe like ten, eleven different tacos you know with the tortilla or lettuce wrap. I, I honestly love some of them like lettuce wrap like they I think are I tried the octopus one last time I octopus. Was there. they yeah, have they a crispy have... oyster one now and it's okay. bomb it is okay. oh right. good they don't have the shrimp taco anymore which is kind of sad but oh, that's alright you can get shrimp taco <laughs> <laughs> but they have oh they got these like some good plantain like it listen okay for all, all my right. Caribbean people all my okay. you know, look or my West African folk, like they got the plantain for us, y'all. We want to go over to um, uh, Mangoes over there off of uh, Auburn. Haven't Avenue. been there, but thank you. I'm gonna put you haven't been no, to Mangoes. Put that on my list right now. Yo, look, best jerk chicken and Aki. What uh, you say? Uh, jerk chicken. Some of the jerk okay. chicken plantains, like show me something. Rice and cabbage. Uh-huh. Look, when I tell you, oxtail. They got a sick. Look, they got a cat. They got a little lunch. Don't turn me away from a good time. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, and get the run. Ah, yeah, the yes. Rumpel. Look, see now I'm you, getting you hungry. You'll be in your you you'll be in your mode <sighs> by the time I'm you getting leave. hungry. Okay, okay. And they play music. Of so. course, you have to. All right, you let me stop because I know y'all can probably hear my stomach nah, coming through good. the microphone. That's what we're not gonna do. But it is Tuesday. <laughs> It is Tuesday, <laughs> and we are Black Table Re. I am Jarius Clyde, Mr. King Petty himself. And it's so good to be with y'all yes. on another week. I so know. I know. This next segment, y'all, this is the Black Top, where we push through some Black excellence, you know, maybe a little bit of controversy here and there, but all in all, we just giving some light to some upcoming stories and headlines that are, you know, they're just in need to know about. Yeah, so, yeah. Roham, start us off. All right, so on a somber note, uh, we've lost a icon uh, uh, in both acting and comedy. Uh, I I remember I used to go and just look at some of his stand-ups uh, and just some of his segments when he was on the Dave Chappelle show. But uh, Paul Mooney uh, passed away at the age of 79. Mm. Uh, he had a heart attack in his home, uh, according to uh, CNN, who broke the news of his passing Mm -hmm. uh but i didn't know like i knew but i also didn't really know like he was one of richard Pryor's like his writers favorite writers for Mm -hmm. some of his content i mean Mm -hmm. and they also contributed on the Chappelle show a couple times 
uh, and just kind of being in that whole atmosphere. He was kind of like the godfather after a while of comedy, especially the black comics. Yes. Uh, one of his favorite, one of the favorite things, segments that I think I saw him in was he was talking about like how the black man is the most copied individual yeah. ever. Mm. <laughs> he was like, everybody want to be a N-word, <laughs> but yep. don't know everybody want to be a N-word. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's so true, Paul, because they, they want the style, they want all of it, but when it come down to it, they ain't ready. They are not ready, but that's that's the type of type of comedy that he did. He always was tackling, you know, racism and and bigotry and all these kind of the things. Culture. Yeah, but he yeah. put it in places where the masses could see it. So you know, he wrote for Sanford and Sons, and mm-hmm. you know, Motown Review Star and Smokey Robinson, and the Patty Bell Show, and just all these different things he had a hand in that kind of pushed push the culture in in different ways from his own way of doing it so i know he'll truly be missed i mean you had a ton of people pouring out their uh sincerest condolences like ava duvernay and Viola mm-hmm. davis uh so i mean he's, oh yeah and Dave Chappelle. i mean you you have people who really really love this man so uh rest in paradise uh paul mooney and uh we all hope to see you one day but your legacy lives on so all right, what what you got? Bring bring us up a little bit. Bring us up. <laughs> all right. So for all of my blackish, grownish, um, all y'all, <laughs> mixedish, all the ish all the fandom, <laughs> all the ishes. So not to fret, we know blackish is ending after season eight and mixed-ish has been canceled. But what? there is an up and up. Mixed-ish we have an update cool. with Mr. Kinye Bears. He is putting up another yet ish project with brownish brownish is going to be a concept that's in development but it's going to center around uh eva longoria and let me see i think uh lawrence fishburne anthony anderson they're going to jump on as producers but with brownish i'm thinking it's going to have a little bit of a a latina latinx vibe to it and of course you know with all the issues, it, it'll get into that edge of life, you know, that, you know, people don't really get to see, you get that slice of life of um, our brown folks, you know, our, yeah. our, our Latinx, our, um, our Latina, our Hispanic folk, you know, Caribbean, you know, our yeah. Latin Caribbean, you know, all of those people. So I'm actually excited for that. I've, I've caught more of blackish, a little bit of grownish and never really got to watch mixed ish. Yeah, but same. it's definitely it's it's definitely a bag that the man knows how to yeah. how to use, like you know. I'm just shocked between, that mixes is done. Yeah, because it was only know. on for what because because we we covered that last episode, I believe, about you know that being one of the shows that's going to be axed by ABC, but they're oh, yeah. they're bringing on different different shows in this upcoming um, well. this upcoming season. But again, you know, if you if you love his work, I say check it out. I mean, Gronish is doing his thing, so yeah, you know, we're bound to see some nowhere. great things with, with Brownish. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. The the ish fandom continues. Right. <laughs> so not to fret. Y'all, not to fret. Y'all going to be straight. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's see what else we got. All right. So because we're on a podcast, we also love hearing about new podcasts that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mr. Asante Black himself, you probably know that name or seen that face uh, from... This is us and when they see us. Mm. So he's about to start a new podcast that intersects between 
mental health awareness and hip hop. So I found this actually very interesting. So it's 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 called Here Comes the Break. Uh, and it basically follows this character that he'll play on the podcast called Ruben. And it's a narrative story that incorporates real life elements. So his character has a podcast and within the podcast, so it's like a podcast within a podcast. Uh, he interviews up and coming hip hop artists along with debuting new band songs from the hip hop artists, and they're all from Def Jam. So basically, mm. like he's kind of finding a new way to talk about, in a way, uh, you know, mental health within that. And I think using hip hop is is a big thing. So like the he was saying like so like the premise of the show, but with within him interviewing these people there's also a lot of trials and tribulations just the things we go through as young people coming of age and he really has to find himself through creativity and his art i think it's a beautiful thing because i can definitely relate to that and i think as artists and me and lydia especially like that's kind of our intersection a lot of times it's like our mental whatever's going on always seems to intersect at our creativity uh for good and for bad sometimes so uh, I'm actually waiting to hear this. Um, I don't see when it's supposed to drop, but we will definitely be on the lookout for it. But yeah, it seems dope. I'm I'm excited. I'm yeah, he's he's so good. All of those all those young men that were in when they see us, they have definitely been making their moves, making their marks since that was released. Yeah. Um, and I believe for the young man who who played, let me see, I had to jump on him, but he has some music that's out. Like he jumped on one of my Spotify playlists the other day and I was like, who's this? And it was, okay. it was him, Jerome. Gotcha. Yeah. So he, he definitely like, they, they've been making their mind, but yeah, Sante Black, Hey, keep he, it up. his, he's, he's definitely been, like I said, making his mark, but that, all in itself. I mean, if you're just a lover of hip hop and just understand the movement all in itself, Mm-hmm. Like that, that definitely has, I feel like always had an impact on mental, you know, a mental state for, you know, young black men and women. And really just like, you know, people all in general, but just yeah. for us, because, you know, seeing where hip hop has started and where it came from and where it's going, like it's, it's bound to, that's bound to flourish for sure. So that's an awesome idea for yeah. him to do. And then for it to be a podcast within a podcast, I love it. Yeah. I'm for it. <laughs> so be on the lookout. Here comes the break, guys. All right. To round us out. So Miss Tayana Paris, she was on uh, shows like Mad Men. She was just finished up on WandaVision. Um, I believe you can also check her up on uh, Chirac. Um, yeah. yeah. Lovely actress. Beautiful chocolate queen. Yes, she, she is. Mm. She came. Let's see. Look at <laughs> you. Look, um, if y'all can find over Michael B, I can find over her. <laughs> This is true, but listen, he's now see now now he's not he doesn't have as much of a luster because he's engaged now. So oh, it's he's like, engaged. Oh, you know, yeah, he's engaged to um, Lori child. This let me know I have been on a <laughs> really good social media hiatus because I ain't know nothing about that. Oh, this is old though. This has been like oh yeah, this oh, is well, yeah. That's that's been, I don't be paying attention to other people's life if it ain't. <laughs> Listen, that 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 makes sense, but yeah, when he he's on the radar. But anyway, so <laughs> so yeah, Tayana Paris, she she came out with um with some remarks when she was on AMC's Mad Men about where 
in the cast, like where her hierarchy was and that she just wasn't sure. And I think that happens for a lot of uh, black actors and actresses and artists and all respect is when you're on a high profile show like that, you, you kind of just have to, you know, recognize for yourself, like, you know, where your journey has brought you. And then when you have other people who make it, you know, some more notoriety more than you do, it's almost just like, well, shoot, where do I fit in? So she went on to say, I was a recurring cast member. That did happen. I was really excited, but I never knew I was a recurring cast member because they never told me that you're a recurring cast member. It was literally for the entire time I was there, I would say it was like three years, one episode at a time. They never said, hey, this season you'll be in five episodes. So I could be like, yes, this is great. We're checking your availability for tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, I didn't die. They didn't fire me or kick me out of the office. So I always felt like I was holding my breath with that show because they never actually were like, this is the future that we have for you. So it was always an inch at a time and never knowing if the door was going to close at that moment. Yeah. So just imagine just, you know, having the resume like she does, being as, you know, eloquent as she did. Like, I, I love her on um, Survivor's Remorse. Like, they're they're running reruns of that on BET right now. And she's actually one of those actresses that I love to study. Mm-hmm. And it's like, imagine just, like, being on a show, like I said, such as Mad Men, and they basically just have you holding on by a string. Like, they know that they're probably going to keep you on for, you know, however long, but they don't tell you this. Yeah. And for folks that really don't understand, for actors, a job that is long-term, like a recurring cast member, like, that is just, that that's goals. Yeah. And it, it basically is, you know, you receiving the the blessing of God granting you a job that is going to be continuous up until you either are written out or you die off or you don't die off and you, you hold on until the very end. Yeah. But just to be on the show and basically, you know, you're in your trailer or you're on set and you don't even know when, what, what the next move is going to be because, you know, producers and everybody are basically just keeping you in the wind, yeah. even though you're bound to stay on. So I can only imagine how, she was feeling for that, but she's still been making her moves out here. I mean, she's still, the still eloquent. Right as, now, as, so she good. Right. And, and when you get in with Marvel, you as we've always go. said, that's you, a you launching good. pad. That's a whole <laughs> absolutely. Pad. Yeah, absolutely. So shout yeah. out to her still, you know, she's, oh, yeah. like I said, she's still as eloquent as she wants to be. And I'm just excited for all of the moves that she's been making. So okay. yeah. Yeah. All right, people. Well, that was the black top. All right, we're going to go pay some bills, and then we'll be right back with the table read. So stay tuned. Keep it locked. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome back. It is Black Table Read, and we are here for the table read. And so for all of you all that have been following us, again, thank you so much. We love you for the support. But we are jumping into new things. If y'all don't know, season two has been hot fire. Hot fire. And with this, we are just introducing new things. New things being guests to join us on the show. And we are so excited to have our very first guest on the show. This woman is just looking at her bio. I mean, y'all, you know, when you just like read up on somebody and it's just like the abundance just keeps getting greater because of how awesome that they sound 
like just reading through, this is it. This is it. So we have on the show with us, Ms. Sharna Wilson. And let me just, let me just read off. Let me just show y'all or, you know, have y'all hear exactly why she just sounds amazing. Okay. So she is a 30-something African-American woman living and providing supervised marriage and family therapy services as an MAMFT at Kaleidoscope Family Therapy in the Atlanta metro area. She was born to two military and ministry parents in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Her childhood was filled with family, church, and homes across the country and around the world. Growing up as a military brat and a preacher and sometimes pastor's kid made life filled with nothing short of adventure and life-changing experiences. She has received her bachelor's degree from Virginia State University in English and a master's in family therapy from Mercer University. She plans to obtain an associate licensure this winter. And when she's not providing therapeutic services to diverse populations in the Atlanta metro area, she can be found spending service or social time with the national organizations of which she is a member, creating art in all type of forms, enjoying art, for instance, music, movies, museums, you name it, and enjoying her family and friends. And though she has no children of her own, she loves to dote on her nieces and nephews by blood or by bond. I like that because I'm definitely on that same tip. Yeah. And with that, our title today is The C Word. Ooh. Now, Ooh. the C Word Clutches being... Pearls. <laughs> <laughs> Clutches pearls. Now, for Jarius and I, we came up with this because we have both had moments from you know times in life where you know you you go through things as a human and for us we go through things as artists and I don't know for anybody else that's an overthinker but you had those moments as well where you just got a lot going on right Mm -hmm. and depending on how you handle certain situations or whatever it is and you have a person across from you to say my god why do you be acting so crazy And people don't realize sometimes that that word, the connotation from it can be such a trigger. Yeah. Whether it comes from a friend and definitely if it comes from a family member. And we brought Ms. Shonda Wilson on with us today because we wanted to give some light to the essence that, you know, being called that word or just even being in that space of feeling like you have so much going on you know, that your mental state is just off, like what you can do. And of course, you know, we've had, you know, our, our pushes on if therapy is that answer for some people, why some people are still on the fence with it and everything mm-hmm. like that. So Miss Sharna, welcome to the show. Thank you so <laughs> much. I'm happy to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's just jump into it. So we got some questions that we wanted to ask you just to get your perspective and, you know, just again, listening and looking at your bio, you know what you're going to be talking about. So. I think so. <laughs> so, okay. For our first question, what is one of the biggest con- misconceptions that the black community has about therapy in your opinion? Oh, wow. So that's a good question. So um, historically, Therapy and counseling has either, one, been unavailable to our community or, two, been looked at as something that other demographics deal with. So because therapy has not been something we've had, it's been pressed upon us to pray the crazy away. 
So when you introduce the concept of talking to somebody else about your problems, that's not God, that's not a family member. No, we don't do that. Everything we do, we keep it in the house. Our business is our business. We don't need nobody knowing what's going on with us. We're not crazy. That's a white people problem, as they love to say. So yeah, we just they just don't like it. They don't like the idea of not trusting God because we've been conditioned to trust God for everything or inviting people who aren't welcome in our world into that tiny little space of peace that we seem to have, which isn't really peaceful because if it was, you wouldn't be quote unquote crazy, but it's like, that's where I have control. I have control over my household. So I can't let anybody else in there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That was, that was a entire mouthful. No, legit. All I can can think about was is so I told Lydia the other day I had this had this conversation uh with my mom on I wanna say it was like last week. Um I was I was just, you know, you you know yourself. Like we can all agree that at certain points of our lives, like we know ourselves enough. We know our body, we know when something just ain't right. And so I called my mom and I, I told her, you know, I'm not feeling well. Like, my body might have been something I ate. I wasn't sure. Like, I was just freaking out. And I know for me, as a person who suffers from, like, anxiety and depression, like, I know sometimes it manifests itself in physical ways. So I called her and said, hey, my like, you think I need to go to the doctor or something? Uh, she was like, yeah, you probably should. And I don't know what happened between me asking that but I had a complete breakdown to where I just bust into tears. Mm. And I was like, you know, what's, I just kept asking, like, what's wrong with me? It wasn't necessarily about what I was feeling physically. It was just like that week or that span of the past couple of days, I'd just been experiencing so much, so much. And she, of course, comforts me in her motherly way. And But the one thing she was like, you know... You just got to get back in your word and you're not, she was like, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with you. And, you know, I was like, I mean, there might be something wrong. <laughs> there mm-hmm. might be something wrong. It doesn't have to be like detrimental, but there's something that is internal that I could pray about it. But I, I feel like I need to be doing some type of work to, you know, help myself, you yeah. know. So, yeah, and and that like I said, that c word is that is definitely a trigger. I was called that last week, and I couldn't. That's all I could think about for the next day was like this person really in my face mm-hmm. called me called me crazy repeatedly and sick. Yeah, <laughs> and Sean, I'm glad that you even touched on the 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 tip about church because that was actually the next question of why do you believe there are hangups with dealing with issues such as, you know, depression, anxiety, you know, praying about it, that being the concept, like why, you know, as Christians, we feel like, you know, if if you believe that, you know, God, he's going to provide, he's going to, you know, fix Mm -hmm. it all, that you don't need to talk to somebody about your problems, all that, that, but it's also just like, why do you feel like there's still just that, that, that trust factor that still isn't there for, for Christians? Well, so... We've got the difference in the generations. So if you look at um, our parents' generations, that's um, the Gen X, the baby boomers, and then you've got us, the millennials and the Generation Z. And so it's that 
balance that they're trying to find between accepting new norms and relying on old traditions. So when they were coming up, it was like we said before, pray it away, white people problems, not how we deal with things. But here you have these millennials who are open about everything. We are opposed to things like spanking and telling children that they should be seen and not heard and not giving people a voice. So we are much more open as millennials and Gen Zers to the concept of talking to other people about it. But the church is very deeply rooted in the historic way of doing things. And so it becomes this conflict of, am I, do I not believe that God is in control of my life? Am I not Christian enough if I think I need to talk to somebody else? And so um, I actually have a blog where I touch on that a lot. Um, and one of the things that I pressed upon in the very beginning is that in my own mental health journey, because I had my first panic attack at 16, and in my own mental health journey, it was, am I better without faith? Like, am I not being faithful by becoming a therapist, by getting therapy, by doing these things? And it's like, no, it's better with faith. Like I can have faith and I can use this resource as a means of getting to the better me. But it's all about changing the way we look at what faith means and what those resources are. If God made doctors and lawyers, why could he not make therapists as well? Why would this whole profession be here if it wasn't meant to be if this wasn't yeah. something he wanted to have yeah yeah so it, it sounds like what what you're saying and and i've actually I totally agree it's 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 an issue that needs to be handled from different angles um like we have the 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 christian side of it but also there's the practical side with therapy and then finding other ways um because as creatives, I think all of all three of us are creative in our own way. Um, we find different intersections on how to deal with that mental health. Uh, recently, I found out songwriting has been my thing. It's been really great because uh, it, it, I can't journal. <laughs> I can't pour out my heart into a journal, but I can pour it out into a song. It's the weirdest mm. thing, but it it helps to make sense of what I'm feeling or not feeling. So, yeah. I, ooh. Yeah, this is great. That just <laughs> sounds like a non-traditional journal to me. Yeah. Like literally, I was about to say, bro, like you're, you're basically journaling. It's in a, it's in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I couldn't, I, I, I have a journal and, and I, I will write in it every now and mm. then. But it wasn't until I found this other like notebook that I had that was just empty mm-hmm. and I had this really bad anxiety attack one morning and I just I wrote this song like in 20 minutes and then I recorded it, got the chords together and I felt better. And so yeah. I've just kind of continuously been doing that uh, whenever I've had moments like that or even if I'm just having a good day. Uh, it's just kind of one of those go to's now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think there there needs to be non more non traditional ways uh, of looking at it. Even if you, especially if you're a Christian, in my opinion, I think having that that side is important as a Christian going to God. But you got to have some other things as well that He put in place for you to go to. 
Well, Sharna, because we have covered that, you know, we all are artists in our own our own way. Mm-hmm. What are what's some advice that you can give to an artist that you know that's just down and out within their circumstance? For instance, like you know, just us coming out of this pandemic, or still being within the pandemic in a sense, but just how last year alone, how you know things like theaters closing down, you know, Broadway going dark, literally like be, people being unemployed, yeah, to you know the handles of family life, to lack of motivation, you know. I think just, just like we were saying in the beginning, artists, we, we are overthinkers (laughs) and we pour it out. Like Jerry said, like he can, you know, pour it out in in a song versus you have somebody who, you know, does it within their, their art, if they paint or if they're a poet or anything like that. But what's some advice that you could give for, for an artist that, like I said, is down and out within a circumstance. So, um, Honestly, it's not going to be much different than the advice that I'm going to give anybody who um, is feeling that way. And that's my first way of saying that it's normal. Um, Being an artist in this environment does not make you dealing with a special set of circumstances. And I say that to say that it's, you know, it's, it's a normalcy that people are going through this. So don't feel like you're crazy or you're in a box that nobody else can understand. We're all dealing with these in different ways, but I can totally, totally um, understand and get that whole feeling of your entire industry being snatched away from you because you need the live audience and COVID snatched the live interaction away from all of us. So absolutely, it's a huge ordeal. But it's a normal ordeal now. We're in a new norm. So we have to reinvent and reimagine what normal looks like. And the minute we can do that is when it seems a lot less detrimental. The cloud over your head is a lot less daunting when you recognize that the cloud's not actually going away. So once you accept that it's going to be there, you can start imagining how to live with it versus remembering what it was like to live without it. So doing that will be the first the first step towards just seeing a new side of yourself. We've got all of this technology now, all of these new ways to interact with each other. And they're not actually new. They're just ways that we weren't utilizing as much because we like being in each other's presence. And to um to remember that it won't be forever. It will not be forever. We've, we're seeing great strides in um, you know, vaccinations and fewer cases of COVID being um, seen in hospitals and just it's, it's getting to a place where we're gonna be able to come out and interact with each other again, as long as we do it safely, as long as we respect the fact that we now know what it's like to be in this bad place, but just, just letting, letting it be the new normal and learning to be okay with it. Because when we sit in that space of trying to get back to where it used to be, that's what's going to hold you down. It's, you know, the same thing for, you know, think about somebody who ends up with a disability of um, losing the activity of their legs. Now they're paralyzed, they're in a wheelchair. If they sit around and only think about what it's like to walk, they're just going to be sitting. But if they learn how to utilize that wheelchair and get around without the use of their legs, strengthening their other senses and resources, they'll get back to a normal state of life. No, that's definitely it. Because I I think, I know for a couple of artist friends, 
that's what it was. It was just like, well, it's not normal. Like, what? when is it going to get back to normal? And it's just like, it's not going to be how it used to be. Like, for a lot of people that I know that was just like booking and just out here and not knowing, you know, what that next step was going to be for them and really feeling lost, but feeling like, you know, oh, what was me? And for some people they didn't, but for other folks, they just didn't know like how to, how to handle that. So appreciate those tips for sure. And just to end off, um, we talked earlier about, you know, how with our parents, how they are in, you know, a different generation than us. And for sometimes, you know, some of them, they may not look at therapy as being, you know, a way of coping, but some of them do. So I think for some of our listeners, we do have some parents. So what are some, some tips that you could give for them that, you know, they may not so much be on board with the idea of therapy at all, like how, how to like ease them into it. If they do have, for instance, like, you know, a child that is just all about, all about therapy and they're all into it. And they're just like, eh, I'm not so much on the fence with that, but how, how can, what, what's some tips that you can give for them to, you know, just get on the bandwagon? Um, so, wow. That for me looks like um, number one support and recognizing the extent of your support and the way that you can support supporting your child going to therapy does not mean that you have to be in therapy with them it doesn't mean that this is something that you have to completely understand I definitely can attest to I remember the first time talking to my mother about having panic attacks and what that looked like for me and living with anxiety. And she looked at me like, you've never talked about this before. It's like, well, (laughs) I didn't really know how to. And she's like, well, are you sure you're not just imagining it? Or it's just like a coping mechanism. You're thinking that this is the best way for you to explain what you're feeling to prevent you from actually dealing with what you're experiencing. And it just took a little bit of time for me to explain to her, you know, your statements like this is what's going to remove you from my um, my care circle. It doesn't mean that you don't love me, but I am recognizing that if I'm in the middle of a panic attack, you probably aren't the one I should call because you don't understand what I'm dealing with. So you can't talk me down from it. And it took a little bit of time and more conversations and more talking to her. My mom's one of the best people in the world. She listens to me no matter what and asks as many questions as she needs to understand what I'm talking about. But eventually we got to a place where she, even though she didn't agree that anxiety was something that I was living with, it wasn't about what she agreed with. It's my life. It's my experience. And I need to do what's necessary for me to be better. And that's what I would ask of any parent. Recognize that this is what your child believes it's going to help them get better. And if it's not hurting them, possibly it could be helping them. So let it help. Just let it help. Wait it out. Watch and see what happens and see what your support can actually do for them. No, yeah, I definitely feel that because, I mean, even for me, I've, I've, I haven't had a, an episode before, if you will until maybe like a couple of weeks ago. And I was telling Jerry is this, um, a couple of weeks ago, my aunt passed away and a couple of days before she did, I was driving home from Kentucky, driving back to Atlanta. And 
it was supposed to rain that whole day. And long story short, I was, you know, trying to drive and trying to focus. And like I said, it was supposed to rain that whole day. And from Kentucky all the way until I got through Tennessee, it was sunny. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to get home. It's going to be great. And it was supposed to be a tornado watch here in, in, in Georgia. And as soon as I passed through Chattanooga and got into the tip of Georgia, it just starts pouring down. But I'm fine. I got my music playing. Music has usually like been my cope, so to speak. And as I'm driving, my aunt that was her caregiver texted my family. It was just saying, you know, that, you know, my aunt was just, you know, in distress and that she was calling out everybody and saying that she loved us. And in my in my heart, I was just feeling like, OK, she knows that, you know, this may be the end for her, even though I wasn't trying to think about that. And I'm driving and I literally was just trying to calm myself down. But just how I was feeling, I had never felt before. And I was like, I just need to talk to somebody. So I called my father. I called my mother. I called my boyfriend. I called like all these people. I was just like, I just need to talk to somebody because I didn't know like what what it was. And after talking with a friend who who does therapy as well, she was just like, well, maybe maybe you had a maybe you had an anxiety attack. Lit. And I was like, I don't know what it was, but. It, it was something. And I remember talking with my dad about it and it wasn't so much of him saying that it, that wasn't it or that it wasn't, but he was just listening. And he just gave me that perspective of like, well, you know, just thank God that you did make it home safe and that everything's fine. And that, you know, everything with, with your aunt will be what it is. But, you know, I think in some way me telling him that I was thinking that it was a panic attack, I'm just glad that he didn't downplay it that he did just hear me out and see what it was because a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have, you know, their parents or a family member to, to let them be that outlet for them. So I definitely agree with that. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. And and I'll caveat with that and say on the other side of it, if your parents don't understand, don't hold that against them because they're from a different generation and they have a different life experience and understand that they are doing the best that they can and love them for doing the best that they can. Just because it's mom and dad and that's who's quote unquote supposed to be in your circle doesn't mean that they're capable of being in that circle. So don't force, don't force a square peg into a, a circle hole. Find the circles that will fit, find those friends, those colleagues, those people who can be who you need them to be in these situations and let your parents be who they have always been in the situation. Maybe eventually they will grow to be that kind of support, but if they can't, don't try to force it on them because it's only going to cause strife in your relationship. For sure. Well, dang. All right. This has filled me. Right? (laughs) I I tell you. I, I literally tell you, like, this has filled me oh, up. Man. Shana, thank you. Thank you so much, Shana, for, for joining us. Oh, well. uh, you gave us a lot to think about. I know me. Dang, I, I got to go. Uh, I got to go do some do some more work. On this <laughs> As we all do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Write a few more songs. Write a few more songs. Hey, the EP coming soon, I promise. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Sharna. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Thank you so much again to Ms. Sharna Wilson for jumping on today's episode. I'm just so glad that we can even make it to this 
place to you know bring on a guest and she definitely gave some great perspective yeah, um, yeah, great outlook did. on the idea of therapy you know being called the c word and you know how to handle it and we hope that you know we were able to cover it for everybody listening so if you want to follow along with Ms. Sharna Wilson, you can catch her on both Instagram and Facebook at Embracing Emotion underscore. Um, Embracing Emotion, they're both with capital E's. And also, if you would like to book with her, if you feel like you need that that outlook, if you feel like you need someone to talk to and you enjoy, you know, just even just listening or listening to her. I know for me, I just... I might book something for myself. So, yeah, <laughs> but if cool. you want to book cool. with her, you can visit kaleidoscopefamilytherapy.org or you can find her on openpath.com. And as she stated on the episode, she said that she does have a blog where she talks about, you know, her own journey with, you know, with therapy and with mental health. So if you want to catch her on that, you can go to embracingmotiontheblog.com. All right, y'all. Right. So, we just want to, you know, just round it up and, yeah. you know, just continue talking on on the subject, um, you know, aside from our questions that we gave to to Sharna. So, yeah. bro, what you think? I, so I, I told you what happened to me, which prompted all of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it 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 stuck with me until I was able to talk about it, and I think that even for me is I've come a long way because I used to be one of those, and I still am in some spots. I used to internalize what others think or feel about me mm. so much. So I will carry same, it. Same. I would carry it to, probably to my grave, if anything. Like it, it would just seep so much into every action, every reaction. But but doing therapy lately, uh, I've been, I think I've been going to my therapist for about nine months but I've been more consistent in the past I would say two to three months where I'm like going regularly talking to her regularly mm -hmm. uh, but also doing the actual work beforehand I was kind of going and not doing the work necessary to get better uh, and so but yeah I've noticed the difference and a lot of friends uh, have noticed it too with just like where my mind is and how I operate. So uh, definitely cutting out a lot of negativity. If I don't want to do it, I'm not doing something. If I don't want somebody in my space, I'm not going to invite them in for no reason. Um, so just just guarding those, those spaces because uh, they are so precious when you get to a point of genuine peace. And to have someone come in and slide that word in there. It's like, mm. oh, trigger. It it really is because <laughs> yeah. then you think about all the things that you know. It it almost questions: Am I crazy? Is something mm. wrong with me? Like, and and I've had to and and full transparency, I've had to check my mom on that a lot yeah. uh, through the years, especially these past couple of years. So I, I would say I was probably in like middle school to high school age. But I got diagnosed with epilepsy. Um, and all they could tell me was, like, you have misfiring of your brain and this kind of stuff. And, yeah. you know, being told that as a kid, like, that creates a whole different thing. Plus, you're in high school and middle school. You know, I was a heavy set dude. Yeah. Uh, and I have all these different things happening. And now you tell me I have misfirings of my brain. I can't 
drive a car. I can't go to concerts. You know, it creates a lot of strife within a young person. And I used to be very, like, standoffish, like, mood switches from the medicine and stuff. And unfortunately to my mom's, I don't know what she was trying to do, but she used to tease me about it. And she used to say, oh, he's on his Jekyll and Hyde, and he's having, or in her words, he's having his hee-hee-hee moment. And it bothered me then. (laughs) And it definitely bothered me as I got older, because I was like, ma, like, this is really, like, this makes me feel a way. Hurtful. Yeah. And so I told her, I was like, hey, like, look, back then it hurt when you call me crazy now. Definitely hurts. Uh, We just, yeah, just don't do that. And so even like the other day, she had said something. It was about me being honest about it. I was like, look, I, I never want to live past a certain age if I don't have my faculties. Like, that's just not a good quality of life to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, you and your uncle, y'all just be acting crazy. Uh, y'all got to watch it because she's a minister. So she was like, you know, you got to watch your words and this. I was like, no, that's not crazy. That's That's me thinking clearly, like, if I don't have my faculties, I can't be of service to people. Yeah. I don't want to live like that. That's not a, that's not, we can celebrate somebody living 110, but what's their, if they're not in the right state of mind, what's the quality of life like, you know? Yeah. And so just thinking of stuff, but yeah, she slipped that, that C word in there. And I was just like, all right, I got to go. <laughs> yeah. You got, I got to go to my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I definitely, like I said, I was, I was filled by, everything that, you know, Sharna was giving us. And, you know, just with these past few weeks for me, I mean, my mind has been in a different space and I don't know what it is. Um, And for anybody that has, you know, looked online, uh, you know, if you just, you know, because therapy costs, okay. And, you know, they do have online options. And I think I went on to, um, talkspace.com mm-hmm. and I think during the pandemic I think Jerry's was telling me that you know they were offering services for free so I thought that I could still get on there and get this this free help and it is no longer free but I'm still you know looking into that as a possibility up until you know I'm you know looking to an, an actual actual therapist but yeah on that tip of you know being called crazy I mean my <laughs> My mom and my sister, they, they've had their moments as well where, you know, there's, there's like a couple of pictures or some pictures from when I was younger of, you know, kids, kids, when they, when they get in their minds and they have an attitude or whatever, Mm -hmm. you're going to frown, you're going to, you know, look crazy or whatever, or, you know, look, look like something's just bothering you. Yeah. And there were a lot of times where, I don't know, I guess I would just get easily irritated with people when I was like six, seven years old, probably earlier than that. And I remember it was one time I went home visiting my parents and they have, you know, a whole bunch of pictures that, you know, that's in their old dresser drawer. And usually anytime that I go home, I always just, you know, find myself going down there and just looking at pictures. And I'm looking through one packet, if y'all remember back then, you know, when you got the actual camera that you got to wind up, and mm-hmm. then you go and get the pictures developed <laughs> for like Walgreens. And they give you like the little packet. And I'm looking through these pictures. And it was from, I think, a trip that we took to Chicago. 
and I'm looking through and you know there were those moments where it was like there was one picture where I'm like behind my mom and I'm like frowning and there's another one where she's like she used to do this thing like if we were taking a picture she would try to tickle me to make me laugh and I just wasn't going for it and you can see it in my face and anybody will tell me now like I have these faces that you know you can just tell like oh okay she she ain't with it you know if I'm pissed off I'm pissed off if I'm sad I'm sad if I'm mad I'm mad that whole thing and looking at the pictures I remember my sister came downstairs and was just like there you go look at you looking crazy like you do and it definitely at first it didn't hit me because I kind of was just like ah whatever and just you know just brush it off but after a couple more times of that like there there was a couple of other times where you know they would talk about pictures of me or whatever and um I remember it was one that's, I think it's my first Christmas and I'm holding this little Rudolph reindeer or whatever. And I'm holding it by the antlers and daggone it. I'm like nine months at this point. So what child really has a collapse over a plush doll? Yeah. And I guess just in the midst of me holding on to his antlers instead of holding him like a nine month should. Yeah. My mom was just like, well, that's how you can tell she's crazy right there. Look how she's holding the reindeer. And I mean, listen, I love my mother so freaking much, just as Charna put for her mother, you know, she's one of the, one of the nicest people ever. And my mom's that same way. Yeah. I, I, she's my mom, but there are definitely some things that we look at differently, go about differently. I'm more on the optimist side. She's definitely a realist, like one of the realest thinkers, doers, everything that I know. And I don't, now I I don't look to hold that against her. I just accept it for what it is. And just how Sharna said that, you know, when you go through something, you have those people that you just know, if I'm feeling this way, I'm probably not going to go to this person or to that person. Yeah. And there's some of the times where I'm going through stuff and I literally think like, Ooh, I'm feeling this. Who can I call? And instantly, I mean, for any woman, if you, you know, if you have a close relationship with your mother, you would want that to be your person. Yeah. But depending on how she is to you, it's like some of those things you, you just don't tell her. Yeah. And there, there have been some times that I found myself assuming that, you know, probably like if I go through it, I'm just like, all right, well, let me tell her about this. I, I will literally go through before I even ask her, like before I even call her and literally play out every possible response that she would give me because I know her. I will literally play through everything that I'm just like, okay, if I say it this way, she's probably going to come back with this. Okay. If I say it like this, she's everything. And there's been a lot of times that I've been wrong and there's been a lot of times that I've been right, yeah. but you know, I think just in the space of if anybody has, you know, those, those times where your mind is just playing tricks on you, that your mind is just doing so much, like for all my overthinkers out there, when your mind is just literally going at 10,000 miles an hour, yeah, find your ways to like really slow it down. Like everything that's been going on with my aunt, y'all, you can, I can't control that. I know I can't yeah. at this point, you know, there's nothing to control at all that she's, you know, unfortunately no longer with us, but 
there were moments where I thought like I could, if I'm, if I made it to her in time, then that means, oh, I can control this because, because I'm here now. She sees me. Yay. Yeah. And it's, it's, that's not how it works. God knows our hearts. He knows our minds. And one thing, one thing that he did know is that I was trying and in the midst of, you know, handling things with her, um, her services and things, I was the most involved that I've ever been with anybody's services. And it was just like, I knew that I had to be involved with hers because of who she was to me. Um, and there were times when I felt like, okay, I choose not to be sad today. As much as I wanted to cry, as much as I wanted to just like scream and just be like, what in the world? There would be times I would just be like, no, today I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm just gonna, just gonna push through. And some people don't have that much control. And I just realized that, you know, everybody ain't you. So it's just about, you know, handling what you can, but not overwhelming yourself, not letting it, you know, overtake everything that you got going on. Because I know I have, uh, I had that, that chance to, you know, think about one thing and then pile on something else. And then the next thing, you know, it's like 15 things is going on and they have nothing to do with each other. Yeah. So, you know, it's just that overwhelming part that I'm speaking of, but no, yeah, yeah y'all. No, you're right. <laughs> I I will definitely say, and, and we'll wrap up this part of the, the show, but I would definitely say just sitting there thinking and, and listening to you, I am, I'm grateful for people like you and definitely in my life. Um, it's funny. Uh, me and Lydia met at the height of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like March right 13th. at the tip. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you are one of the closest people to me now. Um, but just assessing myself, I know that, I was operating at a level a couple months ago that was not productive at all. Mm. Uh, I wasn't choosing myself or my mental health in a way that um, would be helpful to anybody. And that's yeah. kind of my essence that Lydia told me. I, I'm a, I'll help anybody if I can. Uh, but what service am I if my stuff ain't right? Or even close to right. And so now I'm at this place to where I'm thankful for the opportunity. It it wasn't easy by any means. Trust me, I had to make a lot of sacrifices um, to to get to this point. But I owed it to myself first before anybody else. Because I'm one of those people, I will override my needs for Mm -hmm. another because I love them or care about them so much. Uh, But it just got to a point to where my health was becoming an issue, mental and physical. Uh, My relationships were strained across the board. I wasn't really putting myself into that space as best I could. But I I say I got a good ways to go. But where I'm at now, I can at least say I'm giving myself a chance. And I think that's kind of what it takes, like, like I told Lydia, somebody called me crazy last week. I talked to Lydia. We talked about this episode. Within probably an hour, <laughs> I felt so much better. I was like, oh, I'm going to get some food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go sit on my couch, watch a little TV, and then I'm getting back to my grind. Like, 
Yeah. It, it, but it, I think people need the tools at a certain point. And I'm so glad that we had Sharna because she gave some gems. Like, if you have Absolutely. to go back and watch this, up, listen to this episode, please do. Because she was she was given a lot of what it's going to take to make mental health, especially in the black community, more enticing and needed uh, than ever before. Especially, like you said, with this pandemic, the time is needed. So the time is now choose you uh for a better you is what i will say so all right lydia uh we're gonna take a quick quick i mean quick quick break and then we'll <laughs> be back with btr stay tuned people all right beautiful people we are back and i have our btr this week so here it goes um in life, you have moments that you cannot control. And as a control freak, I have had to understand that, you know, having control sometimes over certain things, it doesn't always, you know, make a difference. You know, if you try to control over everything, over your mind, over your outlook over the outcome, over the result, over everything. It literally can just be too much. As we were talking about with Sharna, having that support from somebody, whether it be a therapist, whether it's a family member, your pastor, a best friend, a coworker, if you need that outlet for somebody to be there for you, one thing is, don't try to control it all for yourself and lean on yourself. I'm not sure of the Bible verse. I'm not too equipped in the Bible as I should, but I believe it says something about leaning on your own understanding. It's, it's, it shouldn't go all that way because you, you need to have, you know, that outlook from either God or somebody to lean on. And Jerry's can probably fix that for me once we get out of here because he's the pastor. But um, it's just all about, you know, finding your way for yourself. And you're going to have bumps in the road. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to have good days, bad days, better days, and worse days. If you need to get away, get away. If you got to turn off your phone, turn it off. Put it on Do Not Disturb. Don't get on social media. Don't talk to anyone that doesn't fulfill you let yourself have that time to get you to where you need to be and if you've ever had that time where you have been called a name whether it be crazy a nutcase a fool uh just extra because that's another one that people like to say if you have been called those things and you don't feel those things, then don't accept it because that's a choice that you have. That's something that you can have control over. You can have control over your own emotions and you can choose not to accept what that person has just said to you or what that person has put on you. If you know that you are an amazing person, that you're brilliant, that even though your mind may go at 10,000 miles per hour, then damn it, that's you. <laughs> And if that person just feels like all they want to do is just downplay it, then you don't have to take that. 
and you take them out of your care circle, care circle, as Sharna put it. And I like that. Keeping people around you that one care about your well-being, that care about your mind, your heart and your spirit. That's important. And if a therapist is a person that you need to include in that circle, then do it. And if you don't have the means to get a therapist, there's online options, as I said before. And if you aren't on that on that wavelength yet, then use something else. Like for me, it's music. For me, it is journaling. For me, it's sometimes it is talking to to my people that's in my care circle. But when there's those times when I don't just feel like talking, I just listen. I listen to myself. I talk with God. I talk. I just talk it out. I know some people take it as, oh, when you talk to yourself, you're crazy. But it's, and then if you if you answer yourself, you're even more crazy. Well, sometimes that helps people. So with that, y'all, just take a moment for yourself, especially in this day where, you know, things are opening back up. We're in the new norm, as we were saying. And really just open up for yourself and, and make a way to where you get to your better self, where you're able to see better do better, hear better, and feel better. All right. Much love to y'all. Oh, child. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Where the tissue at? That's all I oh. say. Where the tissue? Where is no, the you, tissue? I was, I was going to say that too. You ever talk about, oh, you're one of the closest people to me. And I was like, he's trying to make me cry, oh, y'all. I'm tired oh, of it. I'm tired. I, I will say, <laughs> since, you, since you say I am the preacher, which I will take that title any day, uh, <laughs> there are two Bible verses, and I I had to go look them up because I had to remember. Yes, clean them up. Yes, uh, yes. But the one you were talking about was lean on into your own understanding. So yes, mm-hmm. you're right. But there's two that I like. It talks about uh, counsel because I always say this say this when I was growing up. You know, I love surrounding myself with wise counsel because that's what the Bible talks about. So mm-hmm. Proverbs twelve fifteen says, "The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel." And then Proverbs 19, 20, verse 21 says, listen to counsel and accept discipline that you may be wise the rest of your days. Many plans are in a man's heart, but the counsel of the Lord will stand. So basically, both of these verses are saying that we need counsel. Mm -hmm. Doesn't necessarily say counseling. That may be your route. That may not be your route. But you have to surround yourself with those who will affect you in a way to move in the right way in the right path uh so yeah i just wanted to drop those two nuggets on you let it <laughs> marinate a little bit stir up your spirit some right uh but no i, th- I think i think this is an important episode so i'm i'm glad we had this conversation i i literally felt better after we talked last week uh yeah. about my situation so that that i can only imagine what this will do uh to you guys listening at home so uh lydia what what else we got what's what's on our what's on our agenda what what they need to know to find us and all that stuff yeah so of course y'all can catch us at black table read on all social platforms if you have any questions any love comments to send us you can email it to blacktableread at gmail.com y'all we're coming to the end of season two and we hope that you have enjoyed the episodes thus far you can catch them all on all streaming platforms, wherever you get your podcast. And, you know, we just look forward to giving y'all the rest of this goodness, the rest of this hot fire for the rest of season two. And yeah, 
just continue to follow us, continue to love with us, oh, continue yeah. to just show that support because we appreciate it. So you never so know much. what's coming. Never yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, look, we brought on a guest today. And I know. That that's that's look, big. <laughs> look, it's only gonna get better for me. It only gets only better. better. And it's only because of you guys. So thank you guys so much. Uh, but yeah, I think we can we can get on up out of here. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all's Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this. Make it the best day that you can, and we will see you guys next Tuesday. Y'all take care. Peace. Love. Bye. Bye.